Hi, everybody. This podcast is recorded in a house with animals. We've done our best to appease them, but the dogs are the dogs, and the cats are the cats, and the chickens are out in their coop asleep. So just be warned that there may be animal noises, mostly dogs and cats. If there are chicken noises, we've got bigger problems. And uh, Yeah, we'll probably stop recording in that case. Also, I should mention that while... This podcast is probably, you know, generally rated PG-13 at most. We swear a lot. So much. And so we have to mark it explicit because all the podcast places only do explicit and clean, which is kind of stupid if you ask me. I like the TV rating system where you get like MA and 14 and and PG and, and, and anyway, you get the idea. So, you know, parental guidance suggested, not required, but sweary. Welcome to Productivity Alchemy episode 85. It's Woo! 85. I'm I'm excited. Managed to hit 85 episodes and I've had a really productive week this last week. Wonderful. I got a whole bunch of stuff done for Dorsai Thing, which is the our private invitation only con that I happen to be running this year, so that's been kind of stressful. Um what else? I retrieved furniture from IKEA for Jacob and then built it. As well as retrieving Jacob from, you know, his his mom and I handed off at uh, in and around South Carolina. And, I mean, Charlotte's like right there on the border, so it's not really South Carolina, but it's close enough. You had some job interviews? I, I, had, a, I, I had a phone screen yesterday. It turns out they already had somebody, they already had an offer out to somebody, but it was at least nice of them to call and not just leave me sort of hanging in the wind. Yeah. Going, yeah. do I ever hear back? I've got, still got a whole bunch out. That I haven't heard back on, so we'll we'll see how that goes. I'm really in my not job search hours though, focusing on things like podcast and thing, which is coming up in like a week and a half. So I'm we're starting to hit critical mode on that one, and also I had lunch with my editor at opensource.com yesterday. Yes. And we talked about how well-received things had been for the articles, talked a little bit about the next set of articles I'm, I'm talking about writing, and also a, a chance to see people who I haven't seen in forever at Red Hat, which was kind of nice, get some updates and, and, you know, check in. And that was, I mean, it's just been so incredibly gung-ho. This morning, I, I did all the stuff with the catering order, which is, you have no idea what goes into planning a conference of some sort that involves meals and all the logistics around it, I think until you actually do it. I mean, it's one thing to be staff at a convention where, but you might only be, be like aware of the one segment you work in. I primarily work in, in security and safety services kind of things. Get off the keyboard cat. Sorry. That was the cat on the keyboard for the other. And in the process of uh, extracting him from the other computer, he stepped on the touchpad for the actual recording computer and stopped it recording. So yet he can't make up his mind. Is anybody in the bed down? See the the self heating cat bed is warm, buddy. You could you could use that one. There's the cat bed on the other side of the room. Yeah, he's just wandering around the desk. This is why it's it's so difficult sometimes for things to get done. Indeed. Uh, you can't. F- you. Uh, we're, uh, okay. Well, he just tried to wedge through a space that was not really quite cat size. No, not sized, quite. Yeah. Succeeded and, and is now, now in the cat bed, cleaning his butt angrily. Which is 
par for the course, really. I mean, let's be honest here. That's, it's a thing that happens in the house more than we like to admit, is a cat coming through angrily and then going someplace and cleaning their butt at us. I think this is really at us. Yes, it, it is our fault somehow. Yeah. So point, anyway, the point, point being, is you yeah. were very productive. I'm very productive, and I, I'm i getting a really big grasp now as to all of the logistics that go into this sort of event planning. Because I've got meals to worry about, I've got allergies to worry about, I've got you know people who have dietary restrictions so i have meal planning that i've been i've been doing i have to worry about do we have enough seating what's the budget like I, there's a whole lot that goes into it that you don't think about when you're just attending one or when you're just staffing a department when you're the person at the top of the food chain having to go through all of this stuff it's a lot of stuff and i'm glad i have a spreadsheet set up for the budget tracking and who's registered and how much money's come in and how much things are costing. Because if I didn't know that, it would just be hell. Oh, yeah. Absolute yeah. hell. And then it's just, yeah, that's just the way it kind of rolls with it. Uh, and then coming up Sunday, our friend Tina's coming in. Yes. And she and I are going to be basically taking over the kitchen for a week while we prepare all of the... Tina runs the con suite. The, the hospitality suite. And so she's coming in to start all, to do all the preparations for that, which means uh, it, it is yes, Tina, no, Tina. What do you need, Tina, for, you know, four or five days while we Indeed. do all that? So there was that. And you read a book on worm farming. And I read a book on worm farming. So I'm looking at doing some vermiculture, uh, vermicompost when we get back from the China trip. Thinking of the China trip. The Kickstarter is active. Yes, yes. The Kickstarter yeah. is active for the art book that mm -hmm. uh, a bunch of artists are going yep. on the trip. Uh, this is the same basic style of things as when uh, mostly the same people went to Botswana and yep. we did a sketchbook of, of wildlife and whatnot we encountered mm -hmm. there. Uh, sketchbooks and stories and photos. And it's, yeah. it's really nice. I like it. I'll I'll be in it. Uh, the, again this time. I'll and, be in it again. Yeah, yeah probably. You'll you'll be, Kevin will contribute some some photos and stuff. Oh yeah. And oh, yeah. I will have some of my journal page things and anyway, I'm, it's worth checking out. It's it's very exciting. And so I've linked the Kickstarter in the show notes. This is for Creative Sojourn number two. Yes. Uh, we are working on the actual like an actual website with some uh, backer only stuff coming up and uh, all sorts of things. So I'm really excited. I, there are even a couple things where I do uh, voicemail messages as Reverend Mord. Oh, did we sell some of those? I don't know if we oh. sold those yet. We did sell, uh, I think, two out of three saints for the Hidden Almanac. Uh, yeah, if uh, if you back the Kickstarter a certain level, Kevin will record your voicemail or just an audio snip as the voice of Reverend Mord. Yes, for you. So, yeah. uh, and and there are other other things from the other artists and and the other people. It's it's all very exciting, and I'm I'm really thrilled about it. So, yeah, that's been part of the planning, too, is because we've got to do the travel doctor. I'm still juggling the arrangements for Jacob, which went from, I think we've got it all handled, to sideways. So we're working on that. I'm working on that. That is my primary concern. And the mm -hmm. fact that it all went sideways sent me into a screaming stress ball. Yeah. And so today I am mostly just having screaming stress ball hangover, Yeah. which is... Like the screaming stress ball, except not so immediate, and mm -hmm. also I'm tired. Also, you're tired. Yes, my yeah. my heart palpitations are a thing to behold. Oh wow! 
So then, well, I want to get through, uh, I got one or two other things to talk about, and then we can go to the interview. How, how before we go into that, though, how was your, your week other than the big flaming stress ball? Other than the big flaming stress ball, it was fine. Uh, good weekend. Uh, got a lot of writing done. Mm-hmm. I'm still on schedule to deliver the one thing that needs delivering, and I'm just like, super tunnel visioned on this one thing in mid-March, and if I can get to that, mm-hmm. I will I will live. The, uh, <laughs> the problem, I suppose, is that there's all this other stuff that needs to be done, you know, replanning and mm-hmm. travel and whatnot, and every single thing is like a thing that is not getting the book done and that takes me away from the tunnel of productivity and i am i am i don't know if it's all magnified and i'm or if i'm still recuperating from december and have no stress reserves I, basically I, there there that happens i mean that does happen you've you've burned through so many just when you start building up up again a little thing will happen and it'll drain right out of you yeah it's yeah. it's the 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 strategic cope reserves are very <laughs> low and every time something hits it's just the well instantly hits bottom and i'm like well gonna go curl in fetal position and scream don't don't, don't stand on that kitty cat there oh. so now the orange cat is here wandering around the desk yes it's a wonder i get anything you know during the day they don't do this during the day they find their favorite sleeping spot and they just sleep in it they wait until we're recording to do this yeah 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 you know what Mm -hmm. i want what do you want i want a home delivery system that brings me tequila and pie and the pie i think we could probably work out with one of the existing ones if they're in pittsburgh tequila is the hard part because of the laws in this state around selling liquor but okay. I mean, we have plenty of tequila. So if it's just pie, when we're done recording, I can check to see if you know one of the local, like Grubhub or something, will. Does Grubhub even apply here? I don't know. We can I, find I'm out. I'm just telling you, home pie delivery is a trillion dollar idea. Quite possibly. Uh, yeah, and we're we're putting it out there because neither of us have actually time to start a home pie delivery. I'm I mean, saying. unless you need somebody to run the infrastructure where people are ordering from, at which point, you know, we'll talk, call me and we'll talk about how you're getting funding and things. But other than that. Yeah, because like if a peanut butter pie would show up on my doorstep <laughs> right now, I would seriously pay money. Yeah. 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 Well over the cost of the pie. Well, yeah, that's the whole. Yeah. All right, that much being said. That much being said. Yep. Uh, I was in Office Depot yesterday, killing time between appointments. Oh, God. No, actually, it turned out okay. I found that Tool <laughs> has the uh, the home inserts back in, and they've changed them up for 2019. Last year, they did the thing with a travel, a set of travel and a set of fitness and a, tra- a set of teacher and a set for home. And uh, um, I forget what the other one was. And... They were great, but I'm guessing based on the fact that the home sold out and I had to go to three stores to find it last year and everything else I could just go up and pick up like in piles like they had them on clearance at the end of the year. They didn't go over quite as well. This year they have only two in their limited time only, and I'm putting that in air quotes. They have work and home and home was about the same as last year. I mean, it's it's much more business-like it isn't a funny it isn't fancy colors like last time and they're still doing goal planning and things like that um so i picked up the work 
inserts because that one looked like really new and different. I was looking at it online and I'm going to open up. My oh my goodness. An unboxing. Dun, now, dun, oh dun. my God. The resale value. <laughs> yeah. No longer, uh, never removed from box. Right. So they have, uh, what is it here? Uh, meeting and agenda planners, project planner, yearly overview, goal tracker, contacts pages, and a big ideas tracker. Now, both of them, <laughs> both of them include the, the, the contact pages, and frankly, I find contact pages, now that I have a smartphone, uh, kind of annoying. Uh, like, it's already in my phone, somebody's given it to me, I can look it up, it's backed up to the cloud, I don't have to think about it, and so flipping through a contact page really, even even as far back as when I first started doing paper planning in the early 2000s, it, it felt kind of ridiculous at that point. I assume it's just like that's where you put the note that says, if you find this planner next to my mangled corpse, please call. Yeah, probably. There, there's some of that, but usually it's like, no, here's name, address, email, phone number, all the information you, you used to need to send people Christmas cards. You know what we need? What do we need? You know how they make those aren't those wristbands or armbands or dog tags or whatever that say, I am Catholic in the event of, yeah, yeah. of you know, an emergency, please call a priest. Mm -hmm. uh, we need one that, that you put in your planner that's like, I am a planner in the event of emergency, please note the time and goals. <laughs> yeah, make, make sure it's on the appropriate calendar page. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, please fill out this checklist. Now, this may be one of the first project plan sheets I've, I've seen that's actually useful. Uh, good oh, tool. yeah. That was totally um, excuse to say tool again. Really, because it actually has like a full, and I'm using the the junior size. It it actually has uh, the first. Uh, it has a front and back, and then it actually has like a full page width for stakeholders in the project. That's not just you know like the people who you're actually delivering to and with. It has space for an action action steps that are like with due dates and. It actually makes sense, and notes and a description. And then on the back is where they put the little thing for, oh, put a sketch in here. Usually that's like a workflow diagram or something. And maybe some outlines of a plan. This, for a small individual plan or a small group thing, actually, that's not bad. This the, is much better than, like... section always panics me a little, because I'm like... Uh, well, what am I supposed to draw here? Oh, crap. Uh, I'm a drawing person, so it, it, does it need to be, like, dynamic? Does, do they want a full background or shit? Yeah, that's... that's Five artists thought that was funny. Um, indeed. I, I just use that space for more notes, because unless I'm, like, drawing a web page that I get a lay, drawing a layout or something, it's just space for me to put notes in. The difference is all of the other plans I've planning pages I've seen are single page and so that squares like a quarter of the front page and space for like action items or to-do items is the next quarter next to it and underneath it is some you know bullshit so it's this is this is actually usable as far as I can tell why don't we have planner sonas uh, uh, mine is disc bound yes but yeah um, but is it a tool I no, it's a hodgepodge. It's a Franken planner. It really is. It's it's all kinds of different page types with the with you know. And when I need to add or, or if I need to add a part to myself, I will I will punch holes in it and, and stick it in. If I if something is no longer useful, I will take it out and file it in my spare body planners behind me. That got weird. Yeah. Okay. Oh, there's Torty. She almost got your iPad. That's that's three out of four here, guys. Cats, what do you want? They just want to hang out. 
They do this all the time. I feel the love. Yeah. There's too much of it. Stop making this. They also have a meeting planner, which actually has enough space to have like agenda and action items and things. I'm, I'm, the more I look at this, you know, I got it thinking, oh, this is going to be like the travel or the, the teacher one where 90% of it ends up in the garbage. This actually has useful pages. A daily, daily agenda pages. Uh, you know, since most of the tool planner refills are weeklies, this, I suppose, can be very handy. It, it actually has, you know, that breakdown of hours and, and stuff. There's overview pages for your year. There's some goal-setting stuff. Why do you have two sets of yearly? Anyway, for really looking ahead, you know, the same usual goals with short-term, long-term, a space for motivational quotes. Ooh la la. Um, and then the big guy, you know, other than the address bits, which, frankly, I throw those out of every set. Contacts, name, company, phone, email, address. If that isn't in my computer then or my phone then they don't exist as far as i'm concerned but this this these big idea pages where each one is a half page and it has idea some initial a space for initial steps and maybe some notes for inspiration that's kind of cool too uh, i i like this because it allows you to quickly get an idea down you know put down some stuff as to where maybe it came from or where you want to go with it and then like some steps to make it happen. One of the things that we always talk about when we do the, the big ideas or jot your ideas down is we don't take actions after them, right? And so this gives you a spot to put actionable items to go with your idea. Amazing. My planner, Sona, is an abandoned bullet journal who has gone mad with <laughs> neglect and now stalks the earth, tearing out pages and forcing them into the hands of unsuspecting people. Going, you must complete these tasks on this page or else you will suffer mm -hmm. the unknown torments. <laughs> the unknown torments, yes. Yes, it's a very, very goth. Very goth. Yes. I'm, I'm fine with goth. You know, we still own um, monsterplanners.com. Oh, yes. Yeah. So we could we could be doing all kinds of crazy stuff with this after we get through the other things we're doing right now. We don't even have to worry about that until like in May when things have settled down and we can get back into our nice, comfortable rut. Yes. I'm just sort of assuming at this point you will mm -hmm. not start a job till May. Yeah, that's pretty much what I'm at the too. It's Do we have enough money to pull that off? Oh god, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to turn down anyone who gives us money on Patreon or coffee or things like that, but I padded things out so that if it took that long, we had the space. Okay. So, the bit where the job market sort of went from there are jobs to nothing just after Thanksgiving in America until like the end of January. I kind of planned around that. Yeah. Good, good. I figured I was pretty sure that was going to happen. Okay, sirrah, sirrah. Yep. The other thing I want to talk about is a bundle that was just released and I got a little early bird access to it. It is the ultimate planner bundle from ultimate bundles and it has a whole crap load of stuff. Now they're not paying me. It is something you pay for. Uh, I picked up the early access edition, has a quick reference so that you can tell what each one does with a little explanation about who the target audience is. There's a lot in there for women or moms or, you know, they're like target audience, Christian moms, target audience, small business people. So you can look when, when you've got it, you can look at this overview and see which ones apply to you. Hey, the Christian mom demographic has, has. Oh, yeah. Money. Yeah, and uh, the the homemaker, or there's stuff of there's stuff uh, for helping to plan to keep your home clean if that's a struggle, and there's 
it includes ebooks, it includes printables, it includes videos. I was actually really, really surprised at the amount of stuff they jammed into it. And when I was got the notice that say, hey, one of our from one of the planner people I follow, hey, we've been accepted to be included in this bundle. I was like, maybe I should look at this. And I gotta say, it's thirty-seven bucks. And it's like a gig of stuff. I haven't I haven't even been through the entire listing of the stuff included and all the target audiences. But I got to say, so far from what I'm seeing, this thing is a real value and it's worth looking at. We uh, need inspirational quotes for worm keepers. I'll work on that. I mean, once I start keeping worms, it's, it's you know, it may just be things like one inch at a time. I I, yep. I just come back again to, mm. to Sandy the Squirrel. Worm side. Yes. You remember when I when I took the, the that, like, there's the four-bit image from, there's the four screen image from that episode where she picks it up and she looks at the worm sign and it's the little tiny sign that says worm oh yeah yeah i edited it a couple years ago so it's it's somewhere out there on the internet and in my archives where i changed it so that it's it's subtitled troll sign and it's got the little <laughs> sign in her hand that says troll that way and i i use it in in twitter threads every so often <laughs> you know it's necessary you know what else is necessary? Um, people to first check out all the links to these things we've talked about, which I've put into the show notes. Second, it is necessary to talk to our friend Ann Williams, a.k.a. Tierlin, Woo! who is a small businesswoman, a veteran, and she does instrument repair for a living. So with with kids instruments and she also makes wonderful stuff things that you can pick up on her etsy and there'll be links to that after the the thing i have one here i have I love one it. on my monitor yeah yes. no she made this one special for me oh well she made the wombat special for oh me. she made yes, the wombat we, we special we both for have you. custom uh yeah uh, she monitors she made a monitor for me and it's reverend mord in his in his boots and his gardening gloves and his plague doctor mask and hat and there's some vines and the occasional beetle and it hangs over my desk, and I, I look at it every day. And uh, to quote uh, Marie um, Condor? Condo. Condo. Yes, Marie Condo. It brings me joy. Sparks joy. It sparks joy. Every day sparks joy as, as he sits there and he looks over at me. I just <laughs> – every day I look at it, and I remember this interview and how much fun it was. And so I'm going to head over into that, and we'll talk to Tierlin right after this. Hi, folks. I am here today with my friend Ann Williams, who many of you might know if you're into certain forms of art as Tierlin. Uh, also the proprietor of one of our KUEC sponsors, Griffin Wins LLC. Yes. And she does amazing art with remaindered instruments as well as instrument repair. So the things she can't repair, she will turn into amazing pieces of art. We have like several scattered throughout the house. <laughs> so 
now that I've done a terrible introduction, and can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about what you do? Absolutely. As he, as you said, my name is Ann Williams, also known as Tierlin, if you're in the fandom. I have Griffin Wins LLC Instrument Repair, which is a um, veteran and woman, obviously, owned <laughs> repair shop in Clark Summit, Pennsylvania. Um, I'm a small business owner, micro business owner, because I'm the only person there. Um, my husband helps out, but it's basically the business is, is yours truly. He's, he's got a day job, right? He so. does have a day job, yeah. yes. But if I need help, he's been wonderful about helping, and he's basically my advertising manager. Oh, there you go. Because yeah. he's a lot yeah. of experience. And then in my spare time, when I have it, I make fluffy things. You do. And there's a new fluffy thing hanging on my monitor. There is. It is a, a Reverend Mord... Monitor. Monitor. So they're little little hands and a face and sticking over my monitor and it's a plague doctor with the hat and the whole thing. And then the the rest of the body is behind the monitor just sort of hanging on. And when Ursula gets home, she is going to be somewhat jealous. I mean, she has one. She has a wombat monitor. She does have a wombat one, but this is... That's a bit more elaborate. It yes. is. It He's really is. He's got leather boots on too, if you know. He does. Yeah. And, and the gloves and... It's the hat. It's really the hat and the, the plague doctor masks that, that, that gets me. So you've got art, you've got a business, you've yes. got all that stuff going on. How do you keep yourself organized with that? Well, um, I use a lot of calendars. Okay. Uh, I use the calendars for planning. Um, for example, I have a big desk calendar in the shop. Okay. And if I have something that I need to get done, I'll scroll it on the calendar mm -hmm. of, uh, for example, I have a little little calendar I have actually in my hand right now. Yeah, you, you have a, a planner calendar. A planner yeah. calendar. And I write down like my appointments. Mm -hmm. I write down if I have something due, if I have a school visit to pick up or drop off. Right. The desk calendar will also help me keep track of when I am at certain stages of a repair, so when something's been dropped off, when mm -hmm. I've finished it, when it's been picked up, so mm -hmm. that I have something at a glance I can say, oh, has this repair been picked up yet? No, it hasn't. Or, oh, shoot, I forgot to do the paperwork on this. When was this approved? Right. So, you, so you're using it to track the workflow? Partially, yeah. Partially. That's, that's okay. my hard copy. I also mm -hmm. use um, the program, which I can't remember off the top of my head, um, open source... Um. Wow. There. Okay. That leaves it really it's, wide open. Um, Thunderbird. No. No. Not the it's, mail program. It's Open Office. Open Office. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um. I have a, my repair tracker on that, where I write down essentially just about everything I've I've done when it was approved, when mm -hmm. when it came in, when it was approved, what kind of instrument it is, what's the brand name, the first and last name of the customer, the serial number. Right. Uh, because if someone brings me an instrument, first thing I do is I will check to see if I've worked on it before. And oh, yeah, if yeah. I did, what have I done? Mm -hmm. um, I write down exactly what I did. For example, if I replaced five pads, um, and then yeah. I have a booklet in the shop that I write down what pads I used. Oh, okay. Yes, because that helps me order mm -hmm. them. Because uh, if I'm running low on pads, I, for example, for a clarinet, I need 10 nine and a half size pads. So if I only have eight of them, I can't do a clarinet. You can't, fill, you can't finish the clarinet. You have to wait for the delivery, which right. throws everything off. Right, which right. takes up to a week. And one of my uh, advertising things is I'm fast. Mm -hmm. So that that's one of the things. Um, so no just-in-time delivery. It's all you have to make sure you have stock in advance. Usually. Uh, I will let my customers know. I always ask for at least a week on a mm -hmm. repair, but I always try to under-promise and over-deliver. Gotcha. 
because they're really happy when I call a day or two later and say, hey, your repair is ready to be picked up. Yes. Oh, that was so fast. Because if I have to order something, and that's mm-hmm. that's the reason I give is give me a week in case I need to order something. Because, right. hey, it could be an unusual instrument that has a part that I just don't have in stock. Or a weird size. Or a weird or, size. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as I grow, like, for example, I started off with maybe 15 different saxophone pad sizes. I'm up to, like, 40 now. Whoa. And so you've got to have st- stock management in there as well. And we yes. have an orange, tiny orange cat, um, uh, Cammy, <laughs> the orange cat, is now investigating everything going on in here. She's the last cat to investigate all of this today so <laughs> yes, we're, we're actually in the studio at my house um because ann has come to visit and happened to be in the neighborhood which was uh, even better for getting one of these done absolutely so. uh, as far mm-hmm. as repairs go i have what what are called screw boards which is an industry specific thing where y- you can buy them from the suppliers where it's uh basically it's like a little one by whatever board with a mm-hmm. picture of the exploded instrument on it like you know the picture of the, oh. uh, of the upper and lower joint of the clarinet and it has little drill points of where all the screws go. So when you take them out, you put them in that screw board in that spot. Most instruments, it's not a big deal, but some of the higher end instruments, they are custom fitted screws. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So that helps because it helps you also figure out, well, what key am I supposed to take off first? You go down the screw board when you're mm-hmm. disassembling, up the screw board when you reassemble. And for as someone who has taken apart any number of computers and doing repairs over the years. Excuse me, orange cat. Um, suddenly there was an orange cat button in my face. It's really <laughs> hard to do this when I've got an orange cat button in my face. But as someone who has taken apart laptops and computers, there's always those fiddly little screws in those or parts here or parts there. And yeah, no, I try to keep a tray or double-sided tape where yes. I can just put it down and, and try to keep what screw came out of what hole so I can put them back because – laptops they'll have like yeah these three screws in three of the corners are one length and then this fourth one is twice as long because and you don't know until you take the screw out Mm -hmm. and even if it's like a millimeter longer and you don't notice you're like why isn't this screw going in oh because it's just that it's that special screw in the special spot And, and so it's really important for me as well, to be able to keep track of that. Exactly. It's very important with the instruments, especially with the yeah. custom-fitted ones. And I like the idea of a screw boards. I'm wondering if, you know, the, the big computer manufacturers have them hidden away somewhere. So I don't remember seeing them when I worked at IBM. Right. It might be an industry-specific thing. It I know be. for mu- music repair, I have a clarinet board, a flute board, an oboe board, a saxophone board, and a bassoon board. I don't use the saxophone board because every saxophone manufacturer does things differently. Oh, yeah. So what I do is I take the screw out and I screw it back in the post. Okay, so, so that, that it's with the... It's with the actual spot right. where it's supposed to be when I'm taking the keys off. Uh, let's see. I have labeled drawers. Oh, God, that's so important. Yes, I have right now... I, I have room to expand, but right now I've got about four different, um, you know, those those big plastic mm-hmm. uh, drawer thingies. And, yeah. the, you know, uh, it tells me what the model number of the pad is because there's you know thin thick uh different different types like there's a step pad versus a flat pad different resonators for saxophones as as i get more inventory i'll expand into it but i have one for clarinet pads i have one for flute pads Mm -hmm. i have that 
giant one for saxophone pads. <laughs> saxophone pads go from, uh, I have the smallest one I have is eight millimeter for a soprano sax I did, and they okay. go up to 72 millimeter and half Whoa. millimeter increments. Wow. And when you get to the bigger ones, it, it jumps, and, but. And are these like the, the hobbyist trays where yes. it's the, the big things with all the little drawers, mm-hmm. or is it, okay. Yep. It's not like my file one behind me over here with, with three drawers, no. files. Okay. Uh, some of them have a big drawer on the bottom. That's where right. I keep the glue sticks. But, uh, oh, okay. yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But those, you know, I and the other thing I do, which I don't know, I know some repair techs do because I've seen mm-hmm. it. Most don't. Is when I get a pad order in, I know it takes extra time, but I write the size of the pad on the back of the pad because I have dropped one of oh, these yeah. containers before. And when you have three hundred pads on the floor, you don't know what size they are. Uh, yeah, it could be. Oh, you could you could sit there and, and start arranging them smallest to biggest, but if it's three hundred, you you could. And they're yeah. in half millimeter increments, so you take your calipers and you oh, spend. Oh God, yeah. Yes, forever, checking them out. Um, I also have Habitica. Yay, Habitica. Habitica. I only recently started doing that, <laughs> but it's been motivating me to do the prep, what I call the prep for sale instruments, things I pick up at yard sales or mm-hmm. garage sales that I prep and repad, clean up, make make them playable, and then I put the used instruments out for sale for Ooh. families who want a good used instrument yeah. that's very solid. I mean, and that's, that's a tough thing as a parent, as a... Uh, I mean, my kids didn't go for the the musical thing, but as a parent, as someone who was a school student, like, the school instruments are usually okay, but you don't know where they've been, how long they've been there, et cetera, et cetera. But then if you're like, well, I should get my kid their own instrument, it's so expensive. It can be. And having an option of used and good and properly refurbished and not full price is brilliant or not the um internet specials that you can get internet specials yeah that's my um i'm visiting my family and Mm -hmm. they had a flyer for what littles yeah i think so and they have they have some instruments for black friday and i just took one look and kind of had to shake my head it's like well i know how to fix them (laughs) (laughs) yeah you could buy one and then you could pay me a lot of money to rebuild it yeah basically basically yeah I don't know what brand they are, but I mean, yeah. any repair shop's going to have a list of good brands. Yeah. So. And any good repair shop may have those leftovers and used because, you know, end of the school year comes, maybe the kid is done with high school and now they don't need their music credit anymore. And now what do we do with it? Do we store it or do we, well, we can take it back to the shop. You take it back to the shop. Yep. Um, depends on the shop, but I mm-hmm. will generally offer. Yeah. <laughs> I hate to say it, a pittance. <laughs> well. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it, at least it's not taking up space in the closet. Yeah, absolutely. And that way it also gets used. And instruments, musical instruments want to be played. Absolutely. Yeah. So through all of that, mm-hmm. uh, what systems and habits are valuable to you? And we kind of touched on a couple. We touched on the screwboards, which yeah, is definitely which, important. Oh, yeah. Uh, when you don't have a screwboard, for example, like uh, brass repairs, mm-hmm. I mean, there's only so many parts, you start at one end of the instrument and work towards the other end of the instrument. Okay. So, you know, if I'm not taking the instrument apart uh, on a saxophone, um, for example, I will generally, believe it or not, I'll start at the bottom and work okay. up. Because it's easy to stick the light down the bell and say, mm-hmm. okay, are these keys working okay great and you know you always want to do it the same way every time Mm -hmm. if at all possible and the best way to do is start at one end and work towards the other that way you generally don't miss stuff right but instrument repair is very methodical 
Okay. It's a combination of art and science, but mm-hmm. you have to be methodical because if you miss something, it doesn't play or it doesn't right. play properly. It does, or it doesn't, it doesn't make the right sound. Yes, exactly. So that that's a good um, philosophy. Start one end and work towards the other, either top right. bottom or bottom top. And, you know, same thing with dent work. You want to start at one end and work towards the mm-hmm. other. As I hit <laughs> sorry about that. Yeah. Again, yeah. habit of disassembly. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where the screw boards come in handy is you mm-hmm. want to disassemble it. Um, saxophones are kind of the exception to the rule. You were saying. Because every saxophone manufacturer does them differently. So <sighs> you, you generally start with the side keys and then end up with the lower stack. And then when you put it back together, you start with the lower stack and end up with the side keys. But in the middle, it's, mm-hmm. you know, some of them you have to take this set of keys, you know, the side keys off with the upper stack keys at the same time or else, you know, because they're all looped in around each other. It, it sounds like working on car engines. I a mean, little bit. There, there are some basics at the heart of it, but there is a lot of difference on how you get to the engine and say my Camaro versus how I get to it in Ursula's pickup truck, which yes. is a, a Nissan. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they're all different, but y- mm-hmm. you work on so many Yamahas versus so many Selmers versus right. so many Jupiters. And it, uh, the, I think it's the Bundys because they keep, they, it, when they first started going, they kept changing their design every couple of years. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. But uh, you do so many of them. And it's like, okay, this is a Bundy. I know I have to take these keys off at the same time and these keys off. I, I have to ask, were they offering a certified Bundy repair? thing where you could go off to school and pay them to learn how to do the newest model and get a little sticker for the window? I have I I have not heard of that. We do have a professional organization, mm-hmm. but they don't certify anybody. It's basically a uh for it's called NAPBERT, the National Association of Professional Band Instrument Repair Technicians. Right, right. It's a mouthful. But they do offer continuing education classes and every year they have a, an annual conference where you I went to one of them when mm-hmm. it was in Washington DC and it was basically an intense four day training experience. Because yeah, I just I just look at it and saying, so they're changing their model every couple years, and so you're gonna have to learn maybe relearn how to do this particular year of this particular manufacturer that screams we're charging you money to take class to relearn every well this year. was this was back in the early you know ni- 1920s and oh, 30s when oh, they okay, were still yeah, yeah. you know when adolf Sachs had just invented it so they were still figuring their gotcha. way out nowadays they're they're generally pretty uh, settled okay but you know you get like i've gotten a 1915 saxophone that i've had to take apart oh wow yeah they're beautiful some of the older ones are absolutely Mm -hmm. gorgeous um so yeah systems Mm -hmm. of habits but basically it's trying to get into the habit of doing the same thing every time Mm -hmm. you know take off um these keys first then these keys make sure you do it uh for brass, it's you have to make sure things are round, mm-hmm. um, they're dent-free, they're parallel. Anything on an instrument's either parallel or perpendicular, with very few exceptions. Right, right. Uh, to regulate an oboe, I actually have a book. Oh, and it's just how to regulate the oboe in the English horn. It's it's wow. it's about fifteen pages long, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it goes through the thirteen or you know, um, I think it's a basic oboe has eleven, and and the full conservatory oboe has like fifteen or sixteen different adjustment points on it. Oh, wow. And it's do it in this specific order so it's, you know, you're not tearing your hair out later. And keeping it in tune and yes. all that stuff. You know, yeah. Key, yeah, keeping it so the keys all close at the same mm-hmm. time, like they're Ooh. supposed to. 
it's an interesting industry. I'll yeah, say that. I'm, I'm, I mean, yeah, there's a lot more to it than I, I thought. So, um, any other systems and, and habits? Well, like I said, I just got into Habitica. Um, I'm, I'm mostly talking about the uh, the shop. Mm-hmm. Um, I use the calendar a lot. I use Open Office a lot. Right. Um, and I have the the endless notebooks. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I write down what pads I use. But the calendars have been really, really helpful. And so, so how does that translate to the not in the shop? Uh, basically, when I do my <laughs> hobby stuff, it's what do I feel like making today? <laughs> So I have yeah. like all my patterns hanging up in these mm-hmm. little sleeves. So okay, okay. I want to make a monitor. I have the monitor pattern. I mm-hmm. pull it out. Okay, what fabric do I want to use? And yeah. you know, there's a whole system. Habitica's helped with that too, where I can say, okay, I want to make a monitor. Okay, cut the pattern, sew the pattern, yep. sculpt the face and the hands. Here's a pre-made checklist, basically. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's been helping a lot. What about with the? And I have to ask this: What about with the instrument animal sculptures? <laughs> Because we have we have the exploded dissected flute that is now a bird hanging on yes. our wall. It's one of our favorite pieces. Thank you. But do, is there another process for that, or is that just like this flute is non-recoverable? So let's cut it up. Uh, well, to to make an instrument statue, it's either an instrument that is not viable for repair, like not mm-hmm. really worth it as far as the amount of money you would spend because mm-hmm. you know technically we can repair just about anything it's mm-hmm. well this needs a new tenon do you want to spend three hundred dollars on a new tenon or i have a clarinet for 189 that's perfect right. okay fine. so it's it's the quality of life right question yeah okay and then there are certain brands that i will not mention because i'd like mm-hmm. to stay in business um that i absolutely positively will turn into sculptures right um if i see them and get my hands on them <laughs> so i've had several clarinet cats i've made almost a dozen of them oh wow yeah. they have done very well uh, then i'll, the I'll look forward to seeing them i don't know if i've seen them yet but i, I look... oh they've they've been at anthrocon oh, have they? i've sold then, like I've... six of them at anthrocon anthrocon gets a little blurry for me <laughs> i can imagine between security shifts and <laughs> ursula stuff and and all that oh, it gets, yes. gets a little blurry um okay anything else for the home home front on that uh, home front is basically, it's a hobby, you mm-hmm. know, making fluffy things is a hobby. I have the patterns that I've made. Once I've made a pattern, I generally will keep it on paper and <laughs> stuff it in a, you know, in a, a, file a, 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 a sleeve essentially. So mm-hmm. it's ready in there. Right on. Yeah. Right on. So on any given day with all of that going on, how do you decide what to do first? That's, this is, this is like the first and best, I think, reader suggested question we've had. It is a wonderful it's question. It's a great question. Yeah. Uh, I am very customer driven. Okay. So when I, um, I'm going to talk about the shop. When I go into oh, the yeah. shop, um, it, the shop is technically open two to six p.m. only because I allow my mornings free to do school visits or doctor's appointments or uh, you know taking care of other stuff. Yeah. Otherwise, you would just be there every day nine to six. Right. Or doing, ten to six or whatever. Yeah. Right. And mostly twiddling my thumbs as I build up business. <laughs> mm-hmm. But this allows me to do school visits. So I get there at 2 and I turn everything on that needs Mm -hmm. to be turned on and I will check my email. And, you know, first thing, just because if I get an approval through, it's generally through an email. Okay. Um, Like right now I have some school instruments that I'm waiting for a purchase order. 
And I have to poke them every couple of weeks saying, hey, I still have these. Would you like to uh, approve them so I can work on them? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to get paid for this. <laughs> yes. It'd be nice. Well, I haven't, I haven't done the work yet. So right. once I get yeah. the purchase order, I'll do the work. But that, that lets mm-hmm. me know what the priority is. So that's the first thing I do is find out if I have any uh, approvals. Mm-hmm. Once I find that out... Um, if I'm already sitting there, I'll generally take care of the paperwork, the financial stuff, yeah. updating QuickBooks, which is another system, by the way. Oh, yeah. Is. QuickBooks is amazing and Square. I'll update that stuff. And then if I have an active repair on the desk, I will work on that. Um, I've gotten experienced enough that I can generally <laughs> do more than one repair at a time if I have to. At one point in time, I had three going at, at once, Ooh. which in a tiny little shop is... That's a lot. It's a lot, but I had one where all I had to do was basically lacquer one little spot and let it cure while I worked on something else. And then when I came to a stopping point on something else, I could, okay, I can throw this in the ultrasonic cleanser and let that dry. Let that cycle and do yeah, its thing. Yeah. While I'm working on this third thing. But I, I generally try not to have more than one of the same kind of instrument on the mm-hmm. desk at a time to prevent mix-ups. Yeah, because the last thing you want is, is apart from A ending up in B. Exactly. Because they might not be the same parts right yeah. right they might not be the same size mm-hmm. so your customer load um yeah i do the email the bills if i have bills to pay customer stuff uh prep you know if i don't have any of that stuff going on then i'll decide on a prep for sale usually is okay, okay i have six instruments in the back that need to be prepped there they need to be cleaned and, and redone mm-hmm. what do i have the least of out on the floor oh right yeah. yes yeah. So right now I have more clarinets than anything else out on the floor because hey, about the, about the right season, yeah. Right. Well, it's also my favorite instrument. To work oh, well. <laughs> so I, I tend to do those because I like them. But you know, if I were to be walk in the shop right now and say, "What do I need to do next?" I'd probably pick up the saxophone because I only have two altos and one soprano out there. Oh well, yeah. And yeah. I need to work on a. I have a third alto. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I have three flutes ready to go. I've got, you know, six or seven clarinets ready to go. Mm. I I have two trombones, one trumpet, but I don't have any other, other trumpets. Yeah, and I so, guess it, it also varies by time of year and demand from schools and things like that. Something like that. I, I will find that out as mm. I go on because I haven't had too much demand for right. instruments. But I know saxophones are very popular mm-hmm. and people want to buy uh, the good used ones. It's the jazz look. It's yeah, they it's, are it's, very popular. In pardon, part and uh, not to be. It's the Bill Clinton look. <laughs> I suppose the young Bill Clinton. Yes, look. the there young, we go. young, yeah, young. Elvisy Bill Clinton. Yes, the pre-presidency Bill Clinton before yes. he, like every president, aged ten years as in of, after taking the, the oath of office. Yeah, absolutely. Not a job I'd want. Mm-mm, no. So yeah, um, and then um, if I don't get paperwork done. I will generally reserve either Friday afternoon or Saturday mornings when I have the shop open Saturday mornings Mm. to do the paperwork. Right. Because I'm not always going to take five minutes. Okay, let me just update this one thing. Well. As long as you're there and you've got all the books open, you might as well do it all. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's basically customer driven. Oh, we have a Sergey. Yeah, now I have to deflect Sergey, and that's then I bang into my windscreen and. <laughs> hi, yeah, where do you think you're going, buddy? This is—I mean, this is the challenge of recording here—is, uh, and for whatever reason, the the heat and cooling is not cooling like it's supposed to right now, so it's a little warm. So I can't close up the doors. Normally, I cl- kick them all out and close that's the doors, fine. but. Otherwise, I believe we would be in a sauna, and I don't really need to be in a sauna right now. <laughs> um. All right, so uh, we've got what decide what to do first. Um, so what's the best advice or feedback you've been given? All right, 
I have. Do you I, have a list? I have a list. I a list? I was good. I took notes. That's fine. You're, you're not I the was... first to take notes, and you <laughs> certainly won't be the last. Uh, I have three different pieces of advice that were given to me at various points in time, and mm-hmm. the first one is from actually it was from the army. It was started out as kind of a joke, but it's actually a really good way to live. It is it's improvise, adapt, and overcome. Yes, and that's especially good with repair or instrument repair because. I have to figure out how am I going to make this work? And the standard answers don't always work properly. So it's a what's wrong? How do we get it to not be wrong anymore? And you have to improvise mm-hmm. and adapt your thinking. Right. You need to, it's, it's a lot of thinking outside the box for as sciencey as it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was at repair school, they did teach us a lot about this is how the instruments are manufactured. These are the materials. This is the tolerances. But it's also a lot of, Figuring out there's a tiny orange cat on your chair. Yeah, well, at least she hasn't climbed on my shoulders and started cleaning my head yet. No, not yet. I'm Matter waiting. of time. I'm waiting for that. Oh, great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's you know figuring out how to adapt your stuff. I have had to make parts from scratch. Um, every shop, every shop has what's called a boneyard, and I'm <laughs> I'm getting my boneyard going where you have old instruments like i have uh, gosh a dozen clarinet joints just random joints that Mm -hmm. were tossed into a box that i bought i have a couple old beat up saxophones like one is missing the neck so because they're custom fit and custom made yeah unless i find that specific neck or another one of the same brand it's almost impossible and i'm like well if i need a a pivot screw of this exact size i have an instrument Back there, I can steal the pivot screw off right, of. Yeah. Or, oops, this pad cup is crushed beyond belief. Let me get a new pad cup and silver solder the, the stuff it's, on. It's kind of like when I had uh, a 1983 Gen 1 RX-7. Ooh. And given the availability of parts and things like that, I basically bought another one just to to raid for parts. It right. had a broken engine. It had like a crack in the engine, so it wasn't worth doing a full rebuild on but when i needed that you know piece of the brakes that would be really really expensive to order i could go out and just say yes i need this caliper and take out the caliper right right Mm so i need this i need this pivot screw i need Mm -hmm. this hinge rod or i need this size of hinge rod but let me cut it down and and re-tap a new thread you know thread a new end on it which i actually did with a flute not too long ago wow Yeah. yeah And so, well, I have this piece of hinge rod. This fits, but it doesn't have the right thread pitch. Well, let me get some more taps. Again, yeah. you know, I'll, when I'm ordering pads, I'll throw in, okay, let me get this, this you know, 364 die or this 364 yeah. tap so I can, manu- you know, re... And it's not like you can just run out to Home Depot and get the tap or the die you need. Not usually. Not usually Sometimes yeah. I can. I've I've <laughs> gone to Ace Hardware and actually gotten a couple of taps from them. But our taps are so tiny. That's the thing I oh, run yeah. into is when I go to Lowe's or Home Depot's, everything is so much larger than the scale I work in. Like, oh, yeah. I have a tap that is 060 or 064. I have a 164 tap, which is tiny. Tiny. Well, and uh, that's why for computer repair, anytime mm-hmm. I'm like around Christmas or whatever, they've got, here's the set. And I look and it's got all the extra tiny bits because they're trying to throw things in to make it look bigger. I'm like, that's the one I need. Mm. I need I need all of those those little tiny screwdriver tips and, and hex tips and things like that and can't find them right otherwise. Yeah. Right. We have an Ursula. We, yeah, Ursula's Ursula's uh, home. So we'd probably end up editing out the greeting and the highs and all that stuff. Okay. Yeah. 
So uh, the second piece of advice I was given, um, which was in repair schools, try to do the opposite of damage. Now, uh, that that's yeah, not only yeah, a do yeah. no harm. It's a, I sat on my flute. Well, what way was the flute sitting when you sat on it? Yeah, it, it's it's almost a, um, there's, a, there's it's, it's leave it better than you found it. Not just that, but if right. you hit it, if you hit it clockwise, mm. hit it counterclockwise to undo the damage. Okay. Okay. So you know, again, we have to play a little bit of detective mm-hmm. to figure out, like, you know, oh, I sat on my flute. All right, well, were it key, was it keys up or keys down? Because that lets me know when I put it on the mandrel and try and take take the curve out right. which way I need to be. Oh yeah, which way I need to be whacking it on the table. Because if you go the wrong way, you're you liable make it to worse. make it worse. Right. Yeah. Um, and. It's really good to ask, mm-hmm. if at all possible, to find out what exactly was going on when this happened. Because if you can do it in the exact opposite direction, you can do undo a lot you can of undo the damage. It. Yeah. Oh, nice. And then it's just clean up after that. It's a skill, though. It's a skill to figure. Well, you have out. to practice. Right? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Straightening uh, hinge rods or straightening instruments is definitely a thing. You can edit this out later. Hi, Terry. Yeah, <laughs> I actually said we'd do that. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? How's editing? Oh, God. <laughs> I'm going to go fall down and take a nap while you guys do all this. Sure. Okay, yeah. Sure, we're on... Yeah. And um, then after we can eat. Yes. How long do you plan on napping? Uh, just come kick me when you're done. Okay. Well, not too hard, I hope. Because the sad truth is... Between your message mm-hmm. and getting everything done around the house, all I've had is a snack bar. Oh so. no! Oh no! <laughs> no, no, I can I can adjust for that. Okay. But yeah, I don't know what you had for lunch. So. Um, I had ham hash for brunch. For brunch, okay. Yes. So yeah, you're you're going to be running a little. Uh, yeah, a little I actually low. woke up at a reasonable hour this morning. <laughs> so like... did I, but my usual lunch is is coffee, and then I have like food between noon oh, and one. Right. And instead between. Noon and one, I was out scraping the porch and sweeping up chicken stuff. I'm and fine. I, yeah. yeah, no. <clears throat> good. Yeah, yes. I'm trying to. I'm, I'm, I know. <laughs> I need to fuck around with the thermostat. Okay. It seems to be confused. Okay. Make sure you edit this part out. Then. Yeah, I, I will. <laughs> I already put down a, a note. Um, check for Ursula. Yeah, I will. I will edit all of that out. All right, so we were in the middle of trying to do the opposite of damage. When we yes, yes, food. opposite of damage. All right. Yeah. yeah. I like that one though. Mm-hmm. All right, and so all right, do the opposite of damage. Yep. I like that one. I really like that one. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Fascinating bits. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really 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 good for repairs. Mm-hmm. If you you know. Um, one of the things I learned, I'll give you an example for saxophone keys. Right. Uh, the bells of the saxophone, you know how it curves down and then comes back up again. Mm-hmm. There are two There are two keys on that. There are the bell keys, the B and the B flat. And the bell is one of the things that gets knocked out of alignment extremely easily. You can throw right. you can throw the case on the floor and knock the bell out of alignment. Oh, deba- for God's depending sake. on the brand, yeah. Right, yeah. So I learned extremely quickly because my coworker used to be a football player, so he had these giant hands, <laughs> and he used to be able to grab the bell in his hand and twist the bell back. Oh, wow. I have tiny little hands, so I can't do that. But I learned, okay, if, if I stick the light down and close the keys exactly so, mm-hmm. and they're leaking in front, I need to turn the saxophone this way, hold it here and here, and go whap on the desk. And if they're okay. leaking in back, I need to hold it this way and go whap on the desk. And it takes <laughs> out about 90% of that leak. 
Wow. If if you you know if I can see how how badly it's leaking, it it lets me know how hard to hit it. Again, it's something I had to practice a lot. Oh yeah. Uh, um- in computers, we would call that percussive maintenance. Yes, percussive yeah. maintenance is a beautiful thing. But That's it actually it actually works better for yours because I I had a, a monitor that this was way back in the nineties and the I think it was the red gun or the green gun was going out. Oh boy! Or like the blue or green gun was going out, and so it would it would change this color. And I I had got it down to a science of exactly where I needed to smack it, and so hard like I had a post it like hit here, mm-hmm. and it would just be like wham uh, because they weren't buying me a new monitor at the job. I was just a lowly support guy in the corner, and eventually they they got tired of of me having to do that. But it's surprising how much that works yes in so many different fields and it's beautiful for dents that are under posts um the post is attached to the instrument so if you drop it and it lands on the post it will push everything down well you can't just push generally can't just push that out with your own hand strength Mm -hmm. so what we do is we have a a a piece of stainless steel that we put a, a threaded ball on the end of it Put it down the instrument, and then what I'll do is I'll call a coworker who looks particularly stressed and say, okay, when I tell you to, I hand them a big mallet, and I say, when I tell you to, I want you to hit up on this bar as hard as you can. And I arrange it so that the ball is directly under the dent, and I say, okay, go. They go, wham, and it brings the dent up. And depending on, you know, how heavy the dent is, how heavy they've hit... And it's one of the most satisfying things to be able to take dents out by just hitting things. Has it? Has that changed? How how do you get a, a coworker to do that now? Um, I I have to do it myself. Oh, so I've gotten good at bracing the instrument between one arm and my hip, and then you know, hitting hitting the bar myself. It's easier when you have two people. It takes less time, right. but I can do it. I mean, I had to learn how to do it at my shop. Uh, my old boss said, you know, you will not always have us here, so you're going to have to figure out how to do that yourself. I said, okay, figure it out. Have to have a way, yeah. yeah. Got to you know, improvise, adapt, and overcome. So there's, <laughs> there's number one. Number three, as far as best advice, and this is one that I found myself for my Valley B2B group. They have me do mm-hmm. a, a weekly quote. Right. This is one of the best quotes I found is it takes months to gain a customer, but it only takes seconds to oh, lose one. Oh, God, so true. So I try to make sure that every customer I get, I give Mm -hmm. them more than I promise. I give them faster than I promise and that they know that I care about them and I care about Mm -hmm. making sure that they can make music. And hey, if I make money in the meantime, that's great. That's Yeah, exactly. You know, I've tried to tell people if I could run this as a nonprofit, I would, but I can't. But you can't. I yeah, can't. No, of no. course, technically, I am right now running as a nonprofit. <laughs> but, but I mean, that's the attitude I take is I, I wish I could do this for free, but I can't. Mm-hmm. But yeah. let me try and give you as much value for let your me, dollar. Let me see what I can do about that. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I try, I had a lady call me yesterday and she asked me, well, what's your experience with the clarinet? Because my daughter, has a clarinet mm. and she took it to another shop. She wasn't very happy with it. What's your experience? So I gave her my whole resume. Give her the spiel. Yeah. The whole spiel. And have you worked on this brand of clarinet? Yes, I have. Mm-hmm. You know, so she was very happy and hopefully I'll see her next month uh, when she yeah. she's on break. Hopefully. Yeah. And, you know, make her happy. But I try to talk to all my customers and let mm-hmm. them know we're, we're in this together. Yeah, and it, and that's part of the you cl- clearly communicating so they understand and mm-hmm. have uh, appropriate expectation set, and also I mean it's just good basic customer service, right? Which is really important. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, is that all the advice and feedback? Anything I'm, else on the list? Any? Uh, those mm. are the three. I just picked the top three. I'm sure I've got <laughs> lots more. Um, I mean, I've got mantras like fifth mm. graders or job security. Oh, wow. I like that one. That's Yeah. In your uh, business. Yeah, absolutely. Fifth graders, high schoolers, or job security. Mm. My favorite, uh, our class motto, which was a joke, was we can fix anything we repair. <laughs> obviously we were learning i i, yeah, I yeah. don't say that one too often and as much as i'd like to say if your brass sounds like ass i know i, I was love so proud that, of that i one. love that one but i can't use it for schools i'm sorry it's fine it's <laughs> fine all right um so do you want the easy but Sad question first, or do you want the happy but difficult question first? And I, I have started classifying them this way because this is the feedback after talking to so many people over so many, so many episodes. They're like, yeah, that, that, the happy one is so hard to answer. And the, the not happy one is so easy to answer. So, um, let's do the, the sad one, but easy one first, All I right. suppose. How do you deal with failure or when you miss a goal? All right. Fortunately, I haven't done that very often, but, but. I have two specific examples. Okay. And then I will give you the general first, which mm -hmm. is I will apologize mm -hmm. profusely and sincerely apologize. Right. I screwed up. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll own it. Say, correct the mistake. What can I do? Or this is what I have done right. to correct it. And then I will make sure or take steps to make sure it doesn't happen again. That's... And... If more people did that, mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm a firm believer in those exact steps, right? Especially when it applies to injuring somebody else. You, you, you apologize and you mean it. You explain what you're doing to correct the situation now and then what you're going to do to prevent the future. Right. Uh, and I found that works in technical, in interpersonal, and most importantly, all of the people who are successful in managing interpersonal conflicts and uh, organizations and uh, particularly with the increased emphasis and review of uh, harassment and uh, that sort of thing in the, in the fandoms has just been, you know, the one, the people, the organizations that do that and make substantive, meaningful changes are the ones that recover better and don't get, basically hung out to dry right and much less of a you know so i mean as a general rule even when you're not dealing with a harassment situation or something like that anytime you know you're in the wrong you know those three steps are the three most important steps yep and i've got my specific example so i'll give you the bad oh, the bad one first the bad one first the bad one is still hanging in my shop this was at oh. my previous job ah. this is the one time in mm -hmm. 7 years that i ruined an instrument oh and that i have to admit that yes it was me mm -hmm. i was a dumbass mm -hmm. and i did this is it was a trumpet that had a dent in the curve Okay. The bow, in as bow. we yeah, call it, yeah. um, because it's bell, taper, bow, and mm -hmm. then it goes into the other stuff. And we have a tool called a Roth tool that, that puts the little dent balls in there, because what you do is you put the dent ball underneath the dent, mm -hmm. and then you tap around it with a hammer. Right. Well, our Roth tool, when it put mm -hmm. the dent ball in there, it 
yeah, they're they're barrel shaped, but it must have it must have put it in at just enough of an angle, and there was just enough grit in there. It got stuck. Oh, so I tapped out the dent. And I'm like, okay, this is great. I went to go pull it out, and it wouldn't move. So I'm you know tapping around. Okay, if, you know, because if you, the more you tap, mm-hmm. the more the brass expands, the yep. thinner it gets. Kind of thing. All right, well, let me just tap a little bit, get it out, get it out. So I tried pulling, and I tried pulling mm-hmm. a little bit more aggressively, and then the cable broke on the rough tool. So the thing is still in there. The and dent ball, and I had three of them in there, so the dent balls, all three of them, mm-hmm. were stuck. And I thought, oh, shoot, what am I going to do? Yeah. All right, so I'm tapping and tapping and tapping, mm-hmm. trying to expand the brass enough that I could get the dent balls out. Without going through the brass. Well, well, without making it too obvious. Uh, that yeah, yeah. Because what you wind up with is a bolt. Well, um, about six hours later, <laughs> I have an eight-hour shift. Just, yeah. I had a giant bulge on the mm. back side of the trumpet and the dent balls were still stuck. And that's when my boss walked in and said, what the hell do you think you're doing? Yeah. I'm trying to correct a mistake. Well, you shouldn't have waited this long to ask for help. You're mm-hmm. right. I shouldn't. They wound up buying a brand new trumpet for this yep. student. Fortunately, it was a student model. It wasn't a yeah, pro yeah. model, but it's still, and then in the meantime, it's how are we going to get the dent balls out? Because, we you don't buy individual dent balls, you buy them in a set. So yes, it's like, yes. well, I guess we're gonna have to unsolder the the piece and then I had to take a pair of tin snips and, oh, cut, yeah, and cut cut it yeah. cut it open. And those things were stuck. They were stuck hard. And my coworker's like, Look, it was just a cup a bad situation that happened to you, but the mm-hmm. fact that you didn't come to us and ask for help. Mm-hmm. Is where the mistake happened. Yep. So I took those two little pieces of of, of trumpet mm-hmm. and I tied a string around it and I wrote on it "Dent Ball Dumbass Trophy 2015." <laughs> Don't be a dumbass. And I hung yep. it by my desk. There you go. Because once things start going wrong, you mm-hmm. need to step back and and take a look and say, "All right, how can I fix this without making it do the opposite of damage? Mm-hmm. How can I fix this without making it worse?" And that is something that a lot of people don't get. Right. And it was a very expensive lesson for me to learn is Mm -hmm. you took six hours that you could have been working on however many other instruments. Yep. Ruining this one instead of asking for help. Yep. So that was the more more dangerous of the two. And the more Mm -hmm. recent one I had was um, I usually take an inventory of what's in a case. And Mm -hmm. I had an instrument where it had two mouthpieces. Well, after I cleaned it and did all the work and everything and returned it to him, it only had one mouthpiece. Whoops. And I don't know if it's because I grabbed the mouthpiece and put it in the bag because I had a bunch of mm-hmm. extraneous stuff that I'll put in a bag and hand to the customer because I don't want it back in the right. shop. Or if I just misplaced it, but I couldn't find it and he mm-hmm. couldn't find it. And I said, look, I'm really sorry. Let me buy you a new one. Right, right. And I offered and I said, you know, I'm really sorry that I can't find it. You can't find it. It's it's on me because mm-hmm. I said I had two and I didn't. So let me buy you a new one. And he was very nice about it. And he said, no, don't worry about it. It's a $30 mouthpiece. He's got one. He's playing. It's okay. Right, right. But I still feel really bad about it. And I'm going to make steps from now on. If mm-hmm. I have two mouthpieces, I'm going to make sure. Inventory everything in the bag as it comes in. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Or take everything out and hand it to the customer and say, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> Once it's out of the case, it's not my problem. Yeah. Here's everything that I found in the case. Yep. When you, yep. Here's the bag with that. I just need the instrument in the case and the case empty. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. All right. All right. So the flip side, the happy but difficult question. Um, do you celebrate your success? And if so, how? That is... Again, it's it's mm-hmm. a little difficult. Yes, I do up to a point. I get the satisfaction of having a customer say, 
oh my gosh, my daughter is so happy or my mm-hmm. son is so happy. They, you know, we had a, a, a child who was ready to quit band class because oh. he was squeaking and he was sounding, oh, dad, I sound so bad. I picked up, fixed up his saxophone and he's thrilled now. So I get the satisfaction of knowing I'm helping a child enjoy the music instead of fighting their instrument. Right. And that's important. On a more visceral level, <laughs> retail therapy. Retail therapy. That's, yeah. <laughs> retail no, therapy. That's... Uh, either, you know, oh, hey, I just got paid for this big contract or I just got this big contract. Let's go out for a nice dinner. Or, hey, I just, I have money in the bank account. Mm-hmm. Let me buy some more tools. Oh, yeah. So I can offer some more services. Tools are and and tools are toys for you. So. Yes. Yes. So I, you know, that's when I order pads is, hey, I have a little bit of extra. Let me buy that other tap that I need. Yeah, let, or me, that, let me buy that dent hammer that I'm that looking at. specialty screwdriver that is used on the one instrument. Yes. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the pearl flute. The pearl flute screwdriver. Oh, God. There's I a have, pearl flute screwdriver? It, it's for the knock pins in the trill keys. And they okay. are they are maybe a millimeter. Oh, and it's a hex screw that you have to buy from Pearl itself, but they don't use knock pins; they use knock screws. Mm-hmm. So I actually do have one of those because we had a Pearl flute in my last shop come right. in, and we had to take it apart. And it's like, why are these not pins? They're screws. Oh dear. Oh yeah. <laughs> I will. I will show you some of the some of the little fiddly bits I've had to get in to rebuild my my um, I, I vape. And I, I rebuild my things, but yeah, again, why are these screw pins and not, not knock pins? Knock pins, or uh, why why do I have to put the little wires in and screw down individual screws, and it doesn't use the the goon method of of adhering with you know two screws screw down and bing there it's clamped. Yeah. It's like oh come on guys. So, so should I explain what knock pins are to those people who may not be? That may be good. Yeah. All right. Knock pins are, um, for example, what the what I was saying with the trill keys. Mm-hmm. A flute has a very long rod that goes along the entire body of the instrument because the trill keys are actually pressed down with your right hand, mm-hmm. but they're at the very very top of the instrument. So it's a very long rod that is hollow, mm-hmm. and it has another rod inside it because it's two keys on the same shaft. Right. So what they do is to hold the key in place, they drill a tiny little hole through both the the mm-hmm. hollow outer outer casing and the shaft, and then they, they put that little piece of metal in it, like a, a pin, essentially, yeah. to hold it in place so that the, only the parts that you want to to um, rotate will rotate. Move, yeah. So in a, in, in a flute case, um, it's the outer two, the outer, the outer spatula and the mm-hmm. outer pad will hold in place, and the inner piece, which is the hollow... Mm-hmm. The hollow key will rotate. Okay. So you have to take out one of those two knock pins in order to get to the inside of the uh, the yeah. the pivot, uh, the hinge. But the one company uses screws instead of pins for that. Pearl uses screws. Oh. Pearl does a lot of nice things that I like, but that's <laughs> one of the things that they don't. And uh, so, yeah. Yeah. And it's a hex, not a not like it's a, a Phillips. It's a hex. Yeah, it's a hex. It's a hex. Oh. Well, a Phillips head would be too tiny. I mean, a hex is too tiny, but at least you could kind of look oh, in and say, "Okay, that's a hex." And- you'd be surprised what I can get for glasses <laughs> and computer repair. Um, all right, so that's that's actually everything. Oh wow! Yeah, that was I know. It. That was um, everything. So so uh, the dog is is here to to remind yes. us that she exists, and probably it's about her lunchtime. Oh, um, poor puppy! But before we go, mm-hmm. do you have anything you want to want to tell our our people about? 
Oh, gosh. Come well, on, where just... do we find your, the shop online other than in the advertising section of Kevin and Ursula Eat Cheap at KUEC.Libsyn.com? <laughs> Look at me. Get that one in there. Yes, I oh. saw that. <laughs> I'm on Facebook right now. Okay. We, um, also, um, on Google, if you mm-hmm. search Griffin Wins, as G-R-Y-P-H-O-N. Right. Wins, not, not spelled Griffin, G-R-I-F-F-I-N. Um, if you're, I, I do have Google ads, so okay. I should show up on there. Um, I'm supposed to have an actual website at griffinwins.com. Mm-hmm. Right now it redirects to my Facebook okay. page. And then for the fluffy stuff, mm-hmm. Etsy. I'm Etsy. on Etsy. Tierlin, T-Y-R-R-L-I-N. Yes. I'm on Furfinity. I'm on DeviantArt. And I'm on Etsy. Yes, and I'm 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 just I'm just thrilled with my my little friend here. I, I yes, yeah. he was a lot of fun to make. Oh yeah, he was a and lot I'll, of fun. I, I'm sure the photos have been on Twitter by now, but no, I haven't. Cause I, I, no, I mean I haven't taken the photos. Oh, but right. By the time this uh, airs, the photos will have been out there. Gotcha. So <laughs> I keep forgetting this is two months in advance. Yeah, two I'm months sorry. in advance. Yeah, crazy. So two months from now, mm-hmm. hey guys, it's if it's January, it's uh, Christmas is over, and hey, all those uh, district and county and regional bands are coming up. You want your instrument to work? That's right. You want it nice and clean, <laughs> and bring it to so, me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. you know, and uh, for the people listening at home, we will be right back. are back you know what part of the fun of listening back to the interview and looking at my notes for it other than looking at my little my little reverend mord monitor up here is i went and i looked at i found links to the instrument assembly board she talks about the pegboards that she lays all the parts of an instrument out on and all the little screws that have the diagrams and the colors and that's really cool i i'm pretty sure that some places have those for uh, laptops. I know there are diagrams similar to it, but I mean, you don't think about little things like that, that someone would need just to keep all the pieces organized. Oh yeah. Not like there's, you know, yeah, maybe she has a bin of, um, you know, a certain size of, of felt pad, but you don't think about all the other little fiddly bits until you're taking something apart like that. This, this, uh, this came back to you again because of the IKEA assembly extravaganza. Oh dear God! Yeah, yeah. There was some I, of that. I, I yeah. tell you, people, there was just nothing but screaming and power tool noises from the next room for hours. Yeah, um, and my it feels like I did three leg days. My thighs are just killing me from all the the sitting and lifting. Uh, it's worth it though for the look on Jacob's face now that he has a, a new bedroom set that apparently does not uh, cause him his back pain. Uh, the so, uh, the. Yeah. I was thinking of the look on his face when he came downstairs grimly and said, where are the band-aids? <laughs> and I said, how much blood is there? And he said, there's some blood. <laughs> I, I caught the tip of my finger in between two pieces and gravity and weight and a little pressure from me because I was trying to get them to fit just right caused a, a blood blister on the tip of my, on the tip of my middle finger. 
So, so that, now you can't drive. Oh, I can drive because the finger still works. It's just it's harder to type because it's right there on the the pad of the finger. Okay. Um, and uh, I was looking at it this morning because the the dead skin over the blister peeled away, and I'm like, oh, I put a hole in that. Sorry, guys. I, I realize that's a little graphic. Um, but yeah, so I so uh, the blood sacrifice has been made to the uh, furniture furniture, gods. furniture god assembly gods. Yeah, that's it's important. It has to happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, if you want to support my band-aids, yes, you can check us out at um, patreon.com slash Ursula V, and there you can help pay for the band-aids, pay for the, the all these podcasts we do. You can go to Productivity Alchemy and enter the badge code clarinet. It's a hard one. Should I use clarinet? Yeah, I, clarinet. Yeah, clarinet, fine. great. Um, to get this week's open badge, which I will, and I'll, if you look at the actual audio file this comes with, I always put the badge code in the, in the uh, uh, memo field or the comment field for it. So if, if you're having trouble remembering how to spell these things, just check them out. For those of you who don't know, and I'm sure everyone knows by now, we issue Mozilla open badges. These are little images that have uh, information in them that tell you when and how they were issued that are verifiable. You go to the productivityalchemy.com website. You go to the little form field that says enter badge code here. You type in the word clarinet and you will get a badge specific to episode 85. It's pretty cool. And we've got some people who, who like to collect Tiny them orange, and don't no. step on that. <sighs> and someone suggested we, we put a box over the the soundboard Silver i'm looking cat. yeah i'm looking for a box that is the right size and shape now because this is just it's, like earlier today i came in to look at something and there it was the little the the um metronome thing did 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 i'm like really <laughs> really um so there's that uh but the badges are fun a lot of people like them i enjoy making them and i make a new one for every episode so uh you know it's 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 really cool so we talked about Patreon, supporting us on Patreon. Yes, there will be a link to the Kickstarter in the show notes for yep. uh, limited time only. Get yes. the sketchbook. Uh, some of the artists in it are really amazing. Oh my god! Like yeah. you know the ones who aren't me. And uh, they well, we our friend Laura Garabedian, who I'm hoping to have on the show in the next couple of weeks, is just so so talented and, and, and fun to hang out with and bala bala is oh terrifyingly God. good it the just, lions she drew from africa just yeah. jaw dropping and i mean fox feather and Mbala, who organized the whole thing are just amazing i'm so glad i, I would not dare to do trips like this if they did not run them, right so. i know i know i really want to get fox behind the microphone at some point because she is just so super Wow. Yeah. Right? I mean, and she's done everything from contacting the tour companies in China to figuring out what it is we all need to send where and what forms to fill. I mean, it's just been amazing, and so I really want to have her on, too. Yep. Anyway. Anyway, so the, there's the Kickstarter for um, Creative Sojourn number two. You can support us on mm -hmm. Patreon, Kofi. Kofi, you yes. You can tell your friends. Mm -hmm. uh, you can uh, share on Facebook. Happy thoughts. Yeah. Think happy thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. We're uh, we're really excited about the stuff that's coming up. I'm really excited about a couple of the other interviews I've got hanging out, including uh, Dino's coming up oh. in uh, another week or two or three. I haven't figured that all out yet. Um, you know, I'm I'm gonna sit down hopefully with Laura in the next week. Uh, I'm just excited about all the stuff we've got coming up. And there are a couple of people out there who pinged me on Twitter. They're like, "Where? Why you didn't read my letter?" And and I haven't heard, I haven't heard back. And I'm like. 
I'm getting to the next round of, of sending out invitations for, hey, schedule your interview time. So, and I've even got somebody who, who was like, hey, we need to do a follow-up. Things have changed since I did my interview. And I'm, I'm excited about all this stuff. Yeah, follow-up is different, awesome. different people I get to talk to. So there's all of that. And through it all, folks, just remember, be productive. Tool. Tool. <laughs>